Hey sinners, Jess here. Before the start of the episode, I just wanted to let you all know that I'll be taking a short break from all the sins worldwide. But don't worry, I'll be back to share more cases with you when I return from my wedding and my honeymoon. Stay weird, sinners. I'll see you all soon. This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We understand many of our listeners may not agree with all of our viewpoints. However, we hope you can bear with us in order to hear unadulterated true crime cases. We are not licensed therapists, nor are we able to give legal advice by any means. Our show notes will provide all of our source material included for each episode. Now Now let's get get weird. Welcome back to another episode of All the Sins Worldwide. So I want to welcome the host of Political Prisoner Podcast, Grace. Yay. Hi. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I am so happy to have you. Before we jump in, though, I want to give you the opportunity to share your podcast and what got you into true crime and just podcasting in general and just what you focus on. Okay, so my podcast is Political Prisoners uh, Deep Dive, and I deep dive uh, cases of people who are regarded to be political prisoners and have been serving probably decades in prison. Mm -hmm. So I've always been interested in true crime for as long as I can remember, but there was always like an aspect of sometimes I would watch episodes or read stories where it looked like maybe the person wasn't guilty Mm -hmm. that was convicted and it bothered me and I tried to think of something where I could cover a little bit different true crime than what is being covered by a lot of people I wanted to try and take it from a different angle and look at the defendants who might not actually be guilty and maybe had a crime against them committed Oh, by the state or the government. Right. Wow, that's amazing. And I I haven't heard a lot of podcasts uh, in regards to that type of topic. So that's really cool that you found your niche in that. Thanks. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I will have all of your info and social links in our show notes for people to go and check you out. I'm sure that they're going to love your podcasts if they love my podcast. So Um, make sure to go check her out. And if you are ready for the case that I have, I'm ready to go. Okay, great. I'm excited. So I am going to cover the cancellation of To Catch a Predator with Chris Hansen. If any of you guys aren't familiar with uh, To Catch a Predator, it's essentially the show that caught people in the act or attempting to have sexual contact or encounters with minors. So To Catch a Predator first aired in 2004 and it ran until 2008, so not very long. And why am I covering this? Well, it was canceled and the last episode aired on December 5th of 2008 for true crime related reasons. I mean, in general, it's true crime just because 
it's after sexual predators and exposing pedophiles and all that. So, but there's another layer of why it got canceled, which is really interesting. So the show's cancellation came after a series of controversies, and we are here to talk about those. The cancellation was triggered by the suicide of one of the show's targets, and that was Lewis William Conrad Jr., a prosecutor from Rockland County, Texas. So he was caught in a sting operation and accused of attempting to have sexual contact with a minor. Uh, Lewis Conrad had engaged in sexual ex explicit conversations with a person that claimed to be a 13-year-old boy under the guise of being a 19-year-old college kid, primarily on MySpace. So basically, the host and the program would fish out conversations with uh, people that were interested in meeting up with, you know, teenage kids or even, you know, anybody that was on line that made themselves appear to be underage. So that was the focus of that program. So he actually made plans to meet up with the child, not knowing that it was a trap set up by the nationally aired TV show. And when Lewis did not take the bait to go to the sting house set up by Dateline and Perverted Justice, a civilian watchdog group hired as a paid consultant by NBC, they then made the decision to go get him at his home in Terrell, Texas with law enforcement. So it was just you know, a domino effect after the first initial conversation happened. Then a SWAT team did surround his home, which led to him committing suicide in his home by the form of a shotgun. It wasn't like the show was on a witch hunt when it came to Lewis Conrad, because he was there and he was actively seeking people out to talk to. So it wasn't like they singled him out and were, was targeting him in any way. And state investigators found pornography among Conrad's possessions, some of it involving minors, as well as evidence of graphic online chats, end quote. NBC and the Murphy police who had partnered with the series had denied NBC ever played an, a part in the decision to make the arrest. So they were just like, no, NBC wasn't the factor in the arrest. It was our decision. Law enforcement took it into their own hands and they fully made that clear. And then that involved a SWAT team breaking down the prosecutor's door um, when he did not answer. So it was just a, a huge ordeal. Even with that being publicly announced, the show was sued by Patricia Conrad, which was Lewis's sister after he committed suicide for being exposed on the show, she filed a 100 million lawsuit against NBC. And by 2008, the lawsuit was amicably resolved in a confidential settlement, really exposing somebody for wanting to entice children deserves a money settlement. That's my opinion. On another episode on to catch up Predator, they busted another man by the name of John Kennelly, a former police officer from New Jersey who was involved in youth programs. 
Although this episode did not lead for the show getting canceled, it did, however, expose another well-respected figure in a community that would have not been caught unless for the controversial tactics that they use on the show. So really just exposing people that shouldn't even be involved with children, people in high places, people with authority. And this piece of information really made me sad to read. So in Texas, this show happened to catch 24 men in the city of Murphy. And the local district attorney refused to prosecute the cases, claiming their amateur involvement tainted them. So they just didn't want to touch the cases. The DA had backup from Mayor Brett Baldwin, who said that even though the men in, the, in question deserve punishment, the involvement of a television show raised questions. And I just want to know why a DA and a mayor were more concerned with raising questions on how these predators were caught rather than them still being out on the streets with access of children. People can say what they want about the show. I know a lot of people criticize it for entrapping adults who are intentionally seeking out children online. And I say that with air bunnies and trapping <laughs> because they put themselves in that position. And some people even defend the people that get caught and say that they should not attack them like that for what they're doing because they could end their lives for being exposed, which did happen once. For example, CBS News Brian Montopoli publicly stated that the show was just after ratings, that they did not operate in a journalistic manner, and that they made their news rather than reporting the news. And to me, it seems like what he stated was more interested in how these people were being exposed rather than the true nature of the show, which was bringing this epidemic to the forefront of media coverage, rather than sweeping it under the rug like most news channels and outlets, because it's uncomfortable to talk about. I happen to agree more with Dateline's former correspondent, Stone Phillips, who stated, clearly no arms are twisted to get these men to engage in sexually explicit online chats. And since the stated intent of the house visits is to have sex with a minor, the ultimate responsibility lies with the men who come knocking on the door, no matter who initiates the meeting, end quote. So the show, in my opinion, did provide awareness to the public on the dangers online that threaten children's safety, that include predator grooming, and it's also showed how easy it is for these sick types of people to gain access to minors. So I, I completely agree with the show's producer's uh, decision on blurring out, not blurring out the faces of the people that they catch trying to lure children to them as it holds them accountable for their disgusting actions and creates awareness to the people on that person being an actual predator. You know, people in that community will know that that person is somebody to watch out for. And I fully support that they didn't blur their, their faces out. Ultimately, by August of 2007, only one segment had been shot and NBC started to distance itself from the controversial hit show. I don't know why a network would care so much, but the nail in the coffin for this show was when NBC fired Chris Hansen for cheating on his wife with a Florida affiliate reporter. 
I mean, yeah, cheating sucks, but this has nothing to do with his professionalism, in my opinion. So although To Catch a Predator with Chris Hansen was canceled, something came out of, of it later on. In August 2016, Chris Hansen was hired to host the nationally syndicated series Crime Watch Daily, which was renamed Crime Watch Daily with Chris Hansen. As part of the new deal, he agreed to make his Hansen vs. Predator web series part of the program, and creator, executive producer Lisa Dempsey stated, there isn't a bigger, more respected name in crime reporting than Chris Hansen. We hunted down Chris the way he hunts down predators to take this job. We are excited to have him lead our amazing team of correspondents to build on our success and take Crime Watch Daily to the next level, end quote. So let me know what you sinners think on the show to catch a predator. If you think canceling it because of its tactics were extreme, or if you think that they were doing a good job by bringing these people to light, I actually kind of want to know everybody's opinion, including you, Grace. Well, I... I... I think like, you know, the stakes are really high, you know, when they're, when they're trying to see if people like who are out there doing, you know, like this is a prosecutor that ended up taking his life. The stakes are so high for someone like him. He puts people in jail. He puts people in prison and now he might have to go be with those people. Right. You know, right. like a lot of people in his position would not want to end up on the same side of the right. bars as the people he locks up. So, and I, you know, when you, you said the police officer too, that they kind of like brushed under the rug because of the tactics. I mean, I think, you know, like in, like in my podcast, we talk about, or I like to talk about how prosecutions choosing to prosecute and choosing not to prosecute are political acts sometimes it's politically beneficial if your town doesn't want to see cops go to jail well then it's good because a prosecutor's elected it's good for the prosecutor to be like i'm not gonna put these cops in jail because he wants to get re-election right so you never really know what is the motivating factor? Is it really because they didn't agree with the tactics that were used? Because cops do that all the time. Right, exactly. That's you know, you want to, you know, they pretend they have drugs and they have somebody, you know, yeah. and trap people. They wait yeah. outside bars, you know, so why is it wrong in this case? That is like such a valid point. And I didn't even think about that. So I'm really happy that you're here with me just because, yeah, that's that's heavy for sure. So my sources were Average Being, The Looper, and ABC News. That is the cancellation of the show To Catch a Predator with Chris Hansen. I am still a fan. I don't care what anybody says. I know that the reason why it ended was, you know, severe and somebody taking their own life is very serious. However, I'm going to, you know, hold my opinion on all that. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah thank you so much for being on this episode make sure that you guys listen to our next episode because grace is still going to be with us and i'm just super excited for everybody to hear what she has to bring to the table thank you
All the Sins Worldwide was written, recorded, edited, and produced by our co-hosts and creators, Jess and Mims. We truly want to thank our listeners, collaborators, friends, and family that continuously support us and for all the love we receive. If you enjoy our show, please give us a glowing review and rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we're up to. And email us your sinner tales at allthesinsworldwide at gmail.com. Episodes of All the Sins Worldwide are available wherever you listen to podcasts. So make sure to subscribe and like us on your favorite streaming platform.